Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Colts cast. We are here to talk about anything and everything Indianapolis Colts. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo. Hey, bro, I'm going to tell you right now, the only positive thing about this episode is this mug, dog. We official. Got the Colts cast mug. We official. Brewing. I was using it this morning. Please be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at the Colts cast. Our Instagram is at Colts cast. We're up on YouTube now. Go check us out on there. Just search the Colts cast up. We'll be the first one to pop up. So, as you as you all may know, the Colts take another loss <laughs> in a horrible fashion. We are now 4-11-1 on the season. The Giants clinch playoffs with a 38-10 win at home. Hey, Colts move up in the tankathon. I guess that's something we can take away from this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this was a, uh, this game also was not fun to watch. <laughs> it just goes to show like we got one more game. It's time to end this thing. Let's get to the off season, please. <laughs> I can't watch another Colts game anymore. We are, <laughs> we are the worst team in NFL alongside the Texans, but you know, we got the, we got that bowl game next week. Jamal. Bowl game. <laughs> Speaking of bowl games, oh. CJ Stroud. Mm, talk to him. You guys were <laughs> Yeah, you guys are funny. It it took one game against Georgia to change a lot of y'all's minds. <laughs> a lot of y'all were clamoring me on social media. CJ Stroud. You know what? I'm not even going to talk about this, but CJ Stroud did throw for 348 yards against that Georgia defense. Completed 23 of 34 of his passes, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm. I don't know, guys. We'll we'll see in April, but I mean, I, I said, you know, CJ Stroud's my QB1 right now. I mean, he just edges over Rice Young. I'll take either or, but I, I think this kind of confirms that CJ Stroud. He ain't no pushover. Uh, agreed. That game was wild. Um, I yeah. mean, what Georgia's number one defense, and CJ Stroud was still putting up numbers. I mean, they 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 should have won that game. Yeah, uh, yeah. That shank was really bad. Yeah, <laughs> at the very end, and, oh, and that man. sucks. But um, this doesn't take away anything from CJ Stroud's performance. He put on some stellar stats for us. Confirming that CJ Stroud can be our QB1. But anyway, let's talk about this game, Jamal. This Colts offense, it looked like booty to start the game. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to be serious. Uh, I can't remember when Nick Foles went down, um, but he half- only had 81 yards. Halftime. It was right before halftime. It was right before halftime? Yeah. Yeah, because Sam Ellinger was warming up right before halftime. Yep. Uh, one interception. Took a sack, you know, that one sack that took him down. You know, I I want to say that Nick Foles definitely looked better today. That's not saying much, but he wasn't doing great. He wasn't doing terrible. 
He wasn't forcing bad throws. And then as soon as I thought that to my head, one interception, boom. So he, he throws a pick six. It, it was just, I don't know. <laughs> that that was just funny to me because I, I was thinking of my, that to my head. I was like, wow, Nick Foles, you know, he's he's not really forcing throws today. He's, uh, he's not really playing horrible, but then that, that all changed. So, Whoops, sorry, my mic went on mute. Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I, I thought that he was doing okay to start off, and uh, he just proved that he's Nick Foles what I what I did what I did like though was when they showed the graphic I'm not sure if you guys saw it but they showed the graphic um with his win-loss ratio uh basically and and what I liked about is they showed his Eagles win-loss which he's well positive he's plus 500 easily with them but every other team he was uh at 500 or below total for the for his total record and I just say that because the the when he was with the Eagles, that was a one off. That was just a perfect fit for him. So again, they talked about how he knew he was coming in as a backup quarterback, blah blah blah, all that good jazz. But to me, I just I just feel like he, on paper, he doesn't possess what we needed or what we need. Um, and again, I'm not saying that that Sam possesses that either. But what I'm saying is when I look on paper. And people are going to say, oh, he's a Super Bowl champion, blah, blah, blah. But like I said, besides his Philadelphia stats, um, the rest are trash. They're bad. They're just <laughs> they're horrible. So you can't you can't ignore that. Um, and I think that it started to show today. I, I was really confused at the one play where he where he didn't get taken down on that sack. He just he stood there. I think he was kind of shocked that he got hit, too, and then get put onto the ground. <laughs> Um, it kind of, <laughs> I think the thing I didn't like about it most is because now it just shows like how scared a defensive player is to actually, you know, put a hit on a quarterback, um, because they don't want to get a penalty. They don't want right. to get a penalty for something like that. And, 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 I, and honestly, of course, I'm glad he didn't get sacked because we didn't need that. Cause I think that would have led to a safety on the next play for sure. But it's just pretty wild to me that something that that wide open you can't even take a hit on a quarterback anymore and you just kind of have to be like all right get the ball out of your hands well uh, even the sack he did take i thought i mean that looked like rough in the past I yeah Kayvon thibodeau just crushed him thibodeau is coming a thousand miles an hour every yeah. play man from that blind side but yeah nick Foles, like he made a beautiful bomb to paris campbell mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game for 49 yards that was an incredible catch by campbell um that was about all we saw from him after that. Uh, he had a drop, I think, after. Um, Jelani Woods got a screen pass for 29 yards, got brought back. Holding. Well, couldn't yep. believe it. Holding play. Uh, it sucks. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, Nick Foles was Nick Foles. A, a tiny bit better than last game, I guess. Yeah. But still throwing picks out there. What? Sam Ellinger was the next man up, though. Yeah, he was. He was. And and before I get into Sam, because, you know, Todd's changed a little bit once he got in there. Not too much, but just a little bit. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that even with that 49-yard bomb that Paris caught, which was great pass, great catch, great everything, we ended with a field goal out of that. That's just crazy. I mean, just the progress. You get a big play like that, we can't even capitalize. Uh, the stat they said during the game, uh, we had, well, that was, we had been 29 drives, Without a touchdown, that's scary to think about. That's insane. 
second quarter, we've been outscored seventy three by seventy three points. That's scary. I mean, we're not just, we're not putting up any points at all in the second quarter and the fourth quarter of games. Um, and we'll get to the fourth quarter here in a second. But these numbers are just terrifying when you see that because even when we get one decent play like we got today, it means nothing in the grand scheme because we know that we're not going to capitalize off of it. <laughs> so it's it's kind of scary. But you know, like you said, Thibodeau came in like a you know like a firecracker lit. Um, Lit Nick Foles up, injured him, kind of did some snow angels beside him. It's kind of oh, that was Thibodeau, right? Yeah, that's what. Okay, I just was, want to make uh, sure. Pretty unsportsmanlike. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was kind of surprised they didn't throw a flag on that, especially when uh, Foles is kind of quivering there on the field. Um, but neither here nor there. Of course, that led to the injury. Insert Sam. Well, now you want Nat. <laughs> you got me back on that play. We did take a safe three points. Now okay. I want to talk about that. All right, let's do it. Because that was weird to me. So it was fourth and one. I mean, we, we were right there, right at the end zone almost. Looks like we're about to run a play, and a timeout is called right before the ball snapped. So that was very confusing to me because I'm like, okay, they want to draw up a better play to get this one yard. No, that timeout was to stop. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth down play and get Chase McLaughlin out there. I don't know. To me, you got to go for it right there on fourth and one. Momentum was on our side. It it's one yard. Let, let's try some things. You know, it, we're we're not going to make playoffs. Let's let's just try some things right now. But no, not only do you waste the timeout, you take the three points. That that's just that that to me is bad coaching. You know, yeah, you're 100% right. And it's so crazy because I feel like every week we see some other form of bad coaching where you just have to scratch your head and say, what is your thought process? Because had this been last week, I felt like that wouldn't have happened. We would have gone for it on a on the fourth and one or a fourth and five when, when we probably, for what it's worth, shouldn't do it. So every week I kind of feel like the, the tides change a little bit for us and coaching just kind of, like retreats from something that happened the week before. And they're just like, all right, no, we're not doing it that way. We're going to do it the other way. And like you said, just the fact to waste a timeout, you waste a time, then you actually waste a timeout to just come out and kick a field goal. doesn't really, doesn't really add up. Um, inexperience at its finest. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I have to wonder what's going through those headsets during the game because it can't be a lot of <laughs> they're talking about their favorite drinks and stuff yeah. <laughs> what they're gonna do after the game right parks rager so i'm gonna come and be on the field this game hopefully to help out a little bit and it did not yeah uh, all i'll say to that is jim mercy is a superb tanker because <laughs> he is he, he's getting our tanking done yeah but okay we keep skipping over sam ellinger jamal Tell me what you thought about him. Nine of 14, 60 yards. I mean, he only played for a half. Mm-hmm. Got that one touchdown, took mm-hmm. a sack. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Let me know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his first drive, that was it was shaky. I know it's, you know, you're just coming in. You haven't played since your last game against uh, Patriots where you got sacked nine times. You know you're walking into a shit show. You've seen, you've seen Thibodeau come off the edge countless times today trying to get Nick Foles. So, yeah, I, I would imagine if I came in there, I'd be a little startled just to start my day off. Um, so the first drive, fine. First drive jitters, get it out. But then he started to pick up a little more, and I, I kind of like what I saw. Again, he got us our only touchdown of the game. Uh, well, it drove us down for our only touchdown of the game, and that was our first touchdown. I think at that point it was 32 
possessions we had then had the ball so we finally broke that uh i i, I didn't mind what i saw i didn't mind especially kind of looking because mpj he kind of turned it up he was getting a little hungry in the second half and i mean it didn't really matter at that point because the game was well out of reach and yeah, nick Foles doesn't like mpj I'm yeah i'm starting to notice that <laughs> yeah. and but and sam was like all right i'm gonna start throwing the mpj and he, he he was getting it to him and it was looking good um i i enjoy watching sam out there i like his mobility uh he he knew when to move there was one play he didn't move in the pocket though actually that one play where he tried to stuff it uh to mo ali cox and he sat i mean he sat there and held his ground and he got stuffed uh which is why the pass was a little bit you know a little ahead of mo ali cox just because i'm sure he was trying to see over the line he is a little shorter so i know it's kind of hard for him to see over all that but he stood in there and took a hit which i i i you know, I got to give him his props for it because if I had some wheels similar to him, I probably would have tried to get out of that pocket and, and wait for someone else to get open or kind of let me set my feet a little better. So um, I, I'll give him that. But I, the biggest thing that scared me was, again, on his initial, his first drive when he almost threw that pick six to mm. two, because, I mean, he just put a square in his chest. He just said, all right, you can have it. And Thibodeau just had his hands in the air. He wasn't ready to catch that, but – that that's where again nervousness i'm sure and experience all of that comes into play again you've watched this guy come off the edge all game long you, you got you got to be nervous going into that uh, and and you see the penalties that the o line is getting from the holding calls and things like this so you know they're struggling because they wouldn't be holding if they weren't struggling so you you kind of have to be nervous of what's going on but i wasn't too upset with what i saw from him i i i would venture to say that i think he depending on what nick Foles is, um uh, results come back as for his ribs. I think it was, I think that Sam has a chance to start next week. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, I, I don't think that means anything for the, for the game that is not going to change the the way the game's going to go. But I, I just think that he will, he may get a chance to start next week. Yeah. And even if Sam Ellinger goes bonkers next week, I mean, what does that do for us? I, yeah. I don't know. I, one thing we keep talking about Kayvon Thibodeau, like, you know Chris Ballard was watching that game, and he's just salivating at getting an edge rusher like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you guys need to watch out because we start creeping up in the dot, top three. Boy, Jalen Carter's there, Will Anderson. I mean, Miles Murphy. It, it's just there's a lot of defensive linemen, edge rushers at the top of the draft. I could very well, if Chris Ballard is still there come April, I could see him taking one. And getting, you know, maybe a Derek Carr, maybe going the third round with a, a late quarterback. You know, I, I can see it. I can definitely see it. Um, yeah, I Sam Ellinger gets in in the second half. I thought he played okay, played all right. Um, you know, the playbook definitely opened up a little bit, I noticed. Um, like, we, we had a, a rollout to his right. You know, we're, we're not getting Nick Foles or Matt Ryan to do that. Um, I, I believe I saw a design run from him unless he just kind of took off in the first second. Um, and then also his touchdown pass, you know, a couple of great fourth down conversions set Michael Pittman Jr. up for that. Michael Pittman, uh, he beat his defender pretty easily to get that easy touchdown in the end zone. Wish we could get more touchdowns like that. But yeah, nothing, nothing spectacular from Sam Ellinger from me, but, you know, way better than Nick Foles it's just it was very apparent um even i don't know the offensive line seemed like it just played better with with ellinger and i don't know but um 
our our run game was pretty it it was okay you know uh i think we got jordan wilkins more involved today uh, i even saw some Deion jackson so i think it was just a heavy rotation zach moss still got 15 carries for 74 yards uh average 4.9 yards per carry so he he's still busting it up there but for some reason we only pulled away with 10 points from this game uh, our receivers uh still most of them had sub 40 yard games I and mean, alec pierce it, it seems like he's boom or bust any game it just seems like it. I mean, he's going to either get you 12 yards or he's going to get you that 60-yard pass. Um, it seems like he flourished more uh, with Matt Ryan. There was there was a better connection there. Those down-the-sideline throws, one-on-one, 50-50 catches. Matt Ryan was pretty good at setting up setting him up for that, whether he caught it or not or you know got a DPI from it. I, I do remember seeing a lot, a lot of those with Matt Ryan, uh, but... Other than that, our receiving core, it just just looked okay today. I would say our offense is still holding us back as per usual. So, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, subpar. All subpar. I mean, we we look at 124 total yards between Foles and uh, Ellinger. That's, that's just crazy. I mean, our best receiver, as you kind of mentioned just a second ago, that would be Paris with uh, 52 yards. That's that's but not it, good. That's yeah, not but good. He got 49 of that For, off one off catch. One, eight, right, one right. incredible catch. Other than that, he was getting fed some sorry plays, and mm-hmm. then he had some drops. Yeah, I, at least we converted a third down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple of them. Um, other than that, yeah, it's just – it really says a lot about what happened to our defense. Yeah, and and I'm glad you mentioned because I kind of wanted to segue into that because I I just can't like I just can't keep watching the defense play so well and the offense just sit there and do nothing. I I look at Okereke. I mean, my man was balling 17 tackles, 12 solo. Zaire 10 tackles, seven solo. I mean, d- these dudes are just grinding, 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 grinding doing all this work, stopping a Saquon. Saquon had 58 yards. Daniel Jones, I mean, Daniel, and uh, his he kept getting those long runs, those those fake handoffs to Saquon. He would just get the ball and roll out. So that's why we were getting beat on that. That's the only reason why he had 91 yards. Um, but they did a hell of a job containing Saquon and just making, it, making him a non-factor. And it meant nothing, though. It meant nothing because the offense couldn't even – they they literally couldn't do anything. You you said the defense played well. No, I said against against Saquon. No, I heard you say defense played well. Did I say they played well? All right, sorry. Well, I was reading my Saquon stats. I was talking about uh, Karake and Franklin with their tackles. Any, I mean, yeah, obviously we lost the game, thirty eight to ten. Yes, overall it was a shit show that you you can't you can't control any of that. But they, I mean, again, like I said it in the pregame show that. We're, we're so bad that any team is going to look godly against us. We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues. 
uh-huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say our, our defense, uh, I think they got pretty shredded today. Um, they made Daniel Jones look like a top five quarterback against us. I mean, every scramble he had, I mean, at least five yards. Some were 15, some were 10, but Daniel Jones was essentially putting the team on his back when he was scrambling and taking off. He had even pretty good stats in, in the air, 19-24, 177 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's a really good line. That's what you want to have. And I I just think, I don't know, it, it was very evident that we had so many injuries on defense that... I think there was just holes that got exploited. Um, yeah, Saquon Barkley only had 12 carries. They they were getting a – he didn't have to go 20 carries. Daniel yeah. Jones had 11, 11 yeah, he, runs. They had Matt the Breida in there running in all over us. It was – they they played very good football. Um, I <laughs> – we couldn't. I I won't say we contained Saquon. He was still getting for four point eight yards per carry. He just didn't have to run it too much. Um, That's fair. Okereke, yeah, I thought he had a pretty good game. Uh, Zaire was doing his thing all the way. I thought Dallas Flowers stepped up for a bit. Um, you know, special teams. He was definitely killing it as a kickoff returner, kind of getting thirty yards per. Uh, so I really like that, but. I just thought the Colts were allowing the Giants to run all over them. <laughs> you could not you could not stop Daniel Jones on the ground. And like you look at the game like the Bears versus the Lions, Justin Fields had over 100 rushing yards in the first quarter. The Bears still lost by about 30 points. So Daniel Jones was putting up, you know, close to Justin Fields rushing numbers except, you know, that whole offense was complete. They were able to do it on the ground, do it through the air. Didn't commit a lot of penalties, no drops, things like that. It, it was just, it was good football from them, and they they definitely wanted to win. They they had that they had that dog in them. Um, they want to get to the playoffs since I think the first time since 2016. So they had every every reason to win that game. Of course, I I just think our defense checked out after a while. I mean, it just. It just looked like we we did not care. We weren't gassed. It just they they really didn't care. So yeah, they they don't they don't care. And I I mean I think it's for for good reason. It's hard to as we talked about before. It's hard to try to rally whenever you know what the season is. You know it's over. There's nothing else to play for. It's obviously just like a a joke of of the laughing stock of the league. I mean. Besides the the Broncos, we're literally the laughing stock. So I'm sure it's hard for them to want to come out and even try to do anything. And I think that next week will be the only time we have a chance to try to prove something, which there's nothing to prove. Um, so that's that's why I really don't see anybody really stepping up and doing anything big. And um, our pass rush was non-existent. 
Yeah, no, that was I and I, I saw Yannick. He's on IR. I mean, you might as well just put the entire team on IR because everybody's going on IR. So that's another person who was out for cornerback depth was, was looking nothing. Rough. Yeah, yeah. But Isaiah Rogers is out. Mm-hmm. Kenny Moore is out. Brandon Faison went mm-hmm. down that game. I mean, even <laughs> we we got Nick Cross in there. That's how hurt up our defense yeah. is. He hadn't played what since week three. It's been a it's while. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, without Yannick on that line, I mean, we still had DeForest Buckner. Uh, we still had Grover, Grover Stewart yeah. and and Quiddy Pay. But we weren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. I don't. Did we even touch the quarterback? Maybe mm-hmm. once or twice. No, it's not. Uh, well, no sacks. Let me see if we had any hits. I'm literally yeah. making a case for Chris Ballard to take an edge rusher at this point. I mean, <laughs> I want a quarterback. I do, but I don't know. This D line is not. We we were talking about this D line as being a potential what top seven unit in the preseason. I mean, we thought Quiddy Pay was going to have a breakout season. Unique, great addition. DeForest Buckner, you know, Pro Bowler. Uh, Grover Stewart stepping up. This, I don't know, man. Like the Giants' O line isn't isn't that scary to not be generating any pressure. That just stuck out to me, man. I, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I I I really feel like I because I mean last week I feel like they played a little better against the Chargers on Monday night. I just really feel like everyone has checked out. They left their they left their keys. You know they got their bags. Checkout was at eleven o'clock a.m. and they they were out at at nine thirty. Like they they don't want to be. No one wants to be there. <laughs> no one wants to be there. Because there's just no way, there's no way, like you said, where you have these these guys who have been playing pretty decent all year long, even though they're not they're not playing to their highest potential, as you mentioned, the Quiddy Pay, who's been hurt off and on all season. But we look at the yeah, D-Buck, who's that, been getting sacked. That's good to mention. He he really has been off yeah, and on. Yeah, hurt a lot. I mean, I feel like he's, you get him one game and he's out two. Get him one, he's out two. Um, Yannick, we talked about him where he said he, he's been quiet with the sacks. He's he had, he's hit his eight and a half nine mark, but he's been quiet. Grover, he's been getting back. He's been doing a decent job for us overall. I mean, I definitely think he's done better. Kind of as we talked about from the beginning of the season with bringing the addition of Yannick and extra pressure that it would take some of the heat off of him. So I think that's helped him out some. And D Bucks done all right. Uh, I, I I can't complain too much, but I really feel like all of them they're just everybody's done. They no one cares. No one cares. And I understand why. I completely understand why. Um, it's just hard when you have to sit there and watch it. It's it's really is hard as a fan to have to sit there and spend three hours. And I can imagine as a player doing it, but as a fan and watching it for three hours, just knowing what the outcome is and knowing where it's going to go, it's it's a tough thing to do. I'm I'm ready. I I don't even want to play the Texans. We should no. just do a, a gentleman's agreement to not play this game. <laughs> And save us the agony, because I I don't know what's gonna happen that game. That that it like. Do you think we're gonna blow the Texans out? Do you think no. the Texans are gonna blow us out? Yes. Is it gonna be a zero to zero tie? Like there are so many possibilities of that game. I don't even want to think about it. But yeah. what we do need is a higher draft pick so we can look towards the future. Mm-hmm. Um. So we we can end the season four twelve and one. We can potentially go into that top five. Uh, the Cardinals did lose today. 
the Bears also lost and the Broncos lost. So it, I think we're we're probably gonna stay around this five pick range. So uh, we'll see. There should be at least one quarterback off the board. There could be some potential edge rushers still there. I'm, I'm keeping all possibilities open at this time. <laughs> we could trade back. We could have, I don't know. I don't know who could be started for us next season. Kirk Cousins might fucking be there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is, it is, is fun to think about, but it's also scary. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, overall, Colts are still bad, are still the worst team in the NFL. I don't know. Texans put up a case for that today, but hmm. I, you know, it, we're, we're still looking towards the future. We're still being optimistic. <laughs> you got to be. I mean, you don't have a choice but be optimistic, but it's very, it's very clear it's over. Um, but I, I am, I don't know, like you said, man, I, I am ready for this offseason. I think we'll have a lot to talk about, especially after watching some of these bowl games that have been going on, looking at some of these players out there and kind of seeing. Once, once we start seeing some pro days and all this, it's gonna, it's gonna get interesting. It's gonna get interesting to see. So, oh yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what other Colts fans think about. I mean, this is what we gotta look towards to the future. And mm-hmm. this season is over. It, I don't know what's gonna happen next week, but this season's over. We need a head coach. We need a new GM. We need a new quarterback. We need a lot yeah. of things. Yep. But I can't wait to start seeing that build get that winning culture yeah. back in Indianapolis. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully, Jim Arcee will do the right thing. Take we'll that see. as you want. He, he's, I'm telling you, he has, a, he, he has a motive, and it's the tank putting Jeff yeah. Saturday in there. It has to be. That, it, that's right. my working theory. It, really it, is. it has to be. And, and you, you got It has to be your number one objective after this tank is done to get Chris Ballard out of there. But, well, <laughs> <laughs> oh man alright well that's gonna be it for us everybody thank you for listening Colts Cast we're live on Apple Podcasts Spotify YouTube or any platform you see us on podcast we'll be back next time to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content you guys take care Colts Nation take care have a great week